0: Chapter 42 of The Barnabys in America by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 42 Another pleasant family repast. The Major practices his part before his wife and child. They are enchanted. The happy family concert measures for the future. The Major performs his part before company with the most brilliant success there certainly are some people who either from fortune or temper or the influence of both united seem to swim down the stream of life more gaily than others such persons it is true will often keep their colours flying long after fainter spirits would strike which may often perhaps give them the appearance of being more triumphant than they really are but if this be sometimes delusive at any rate it has often the effect of imposing upon the parties themselves and may perhaps not unfrequently produce that mad sort of luxury which as the poet tells us none but madmen know considering the nature of the adventures through which the barnaby race has passed since their arrival in the united states of america and the species of catastrophe with which nearly every adventure had concluded They could scarcely have enjoyed themselves so vehemently as they certainly did at the franklin hotel upon lake erie had not their spirits been excited by some portion of the sort of laughing gas above alluded to the supper at the washington had been delightfully full of fun frolic triumphant glee and the dinner at the franklin was if possible more brilliant still nobody unless it had been asmodeus himself could have looked upon the group there assembled and have doubted their being in the possession of some especial cause for rejoicing and merriment The harmony that reigned among them seemed as perfect as the contentment and in short a merrier party could not easily have been found patty indeed was a little in the dark as to the nature of the scrape from which her pap had just escaped but this only added to the jocularity of the rest as she never alluded to the cleverness of her mamma in managing so beautifully to prevent her papa's being hanged without eliciting a most cordial burst of laughter from the major and his lady and a charming simper of answering applause from her don But time wore away, and as the hours rolled on towards nine o'clock, Major Allen Barnaby hinted, with an amiable apology to the family group, for marring their mirth by drawing their attention to business, that it would be necessary, or at least prudent, to decide upon where they were to go and what they were to do next before going on board. As he said this very gravely, the effect of it was rather to increase than mar their mirth for patty laughed immoderately and declared that when pap put on a preaching face in addition to his preaching garments the fun was just perfect whereupon the major in order to prove his unabated good humour and the reality of his reluctance to substitute business for fun stood up and placing the back of his chair before him to represent the front of a pulpit he began amidst shouts of applause from patty and her mamma to show them how he intended to preach after devoting a few minutes however to this capital joke he resumed his seat and renewed his request that the subject of their next campaign might be taken into consideration where for instance he asked where are you to be all of you while i am performing the part of a travelling minister at sandusky where repeated patty where should we be my darling papa but close to you and hearing you preach to be sure this would be the pleasantest scheme for me my dear patty there can be no doubt of that replied the major but i question whether it would be the safest because of the danger of my laughing pa is that what you mean if it is you are just a goose for your pains said his daughter for as i told you before you shan't come to be hanged if i can help it and i'll be bound for it that if you give us a fair trial mamma will be quite as likely to start off laughing when you begin to preach as i should thank you my dear patty for caring so much about my safety replied her father politely kissing her hand but i am afraid patty that it is not your laughing or your mother's either that will constitute the danger of our being together i fancy not indeed cried mrs allen barnaby eagerly what can you be thinking of child to talk such nonsense a pretty way it will be for him to remain unknown to have you and i and tornorino following him about alas rejoined the major tenderly no man wishing to escape observation must travel with such handsome faces and that's true mr pap i don't deny it said the young beauty with a well-pleased smile but what will you do with us then must we set off without you as we did when we went to the springs exactly so madame tornorino said mrs allen barnaby with decision indeed i'm afraid that so it must be quoth the major but it will only be necessary to make the separation long enough to ensure my being pretty generally known by sight at sandusky as the rev mr o'donagough this will you know effectually prevent my being traced thither as major allen barnaby and it is to this device that i must trust for my security during my future wanderings through this comical country having thus thrown out my amiable friend mr gabriel monkton i shall have no doubts or fears whatever about rejoining you and the only question is as to where this reunion so greatly wished for by me shall take place the first thing to consider in settling that point said mrs allen barnaby is how we can with the least danger of meeting any one whom we desire to avoid draw gradually nearer and nearer to the coast for i confess that notwithstanding all the wonderful success we have met with i shall be most excessively rejoiced to feel myself once more on the highway towards europe i don't care a straw about going back to england but i certainly do long to be in europe once more and in europe once more my dear you most certainly shall be before you are a year older provided that is to say that you do not get tired of my company and elope in the interval with some such fascinating individuals as mr gabriel monkton mr john williams mr colonel beauchamp or mr judge johnson as for myself i honestly avow that i have had quite enough of well and what may you be called and where do you calculate you are going and what location did you fix in last i won't deny that i am tired to death of it all but i have no great fancy for england either just at present at least and so if we are all agreed i expect as the darlings say that our pleasantest plan will be to make for havre de grasse and from thence to paris afterwards perhaps we may vary the scene again by visiting baden baden you know Tornarino there are a thousand pleasant places we may go to provided we can get off from these confounded states without having our wings clipped and that i will engage for your doing without let or hindrance said his wife if you don't get tired of preaching too soon donny i got a good deal of information about the western country at the springs and that it was i believe which first put the notion of your turning preacher into my head miss wiggily that was the name of my principal friend at the springs miss wiggily told me that it was quite past belief how a tolerably good-looking man would be followed in any one of the western towns if he did but make noise enough now i don't think anybody can deny major that you are rather more than tolerably well-looking still though i won't say you are quite as handsome as when i first saw you at clifton and as for making a noise as she calls it if you have but the will i am sure you will find the way a thousand thanks for all your charming compliments my dear replied the major trust me it shall not be from want of exertion that i will fail but what else did you learn from your friend miss Wigley? i think it will be quite as well not to make any particular inquiries here about the country beyond sandusky there is no occasion whatever that we should leave a plan of our route behind us did the lady mention any considerable towns westward oh mercy yes returned his wife more than i can remember a great deal but i have a sort of general idea about the way we have got to go and of the principal towns we must pass in order to get round again to the sea for that you know is what we must do before we can set off according to the major's beautiful new plan most certainly my dear he replied we must get round again as you call it to the sea but there is more than that to be thought of we have got to make up our minds as to which port will be most agreeable to us i don't think i should particularly like either new york philadelphia or new orleans however there are many others to choose from but we need not trouble ourselves about that now let us get fairly off to the wild west as some of them call it and we can settle about the port to sail from afterwards to be sure we can answered his wife and you may be sure of something else too and that is if you will go on dressed as you are now and let us call ourselves we may go safe and sound anywhere no living soul would ever find us out particularly if we take care not to stay too long my gracious how you talk mamma cried patty staring at her do you fancy that because pap happened to fight a duel at new york like an honourable brave gentleman as he is that we are all to be hunted through the country as if we were wild beasts with a pack of dogs at our heels the rest of the party exchanged looks upon hearing this very sensible question and it seemed for a moment as if nobody chose to answer it but at length major allen barnaby replied nothing can be more natural than your observation my dear patty but the fact is that the government of the united states is very remarkable upon this point the horror in which they hold duelling is so great that all the states have agreed together to punish with sudden and prompt vengeance any individual who has been guilty of it let him have committed it where he may however i rest with entire confidence on the opinion of your mother as to the safety insured by the change of name and appearance and i really think that once out of this part of the country we may make our way to the coast by whatever course may eventually appear the most agreeable to us well then that's all settled cried my heroine gaily and there is only one more question to be asked before we make ourselves ready for starting where are we to perch ourselves while the reverend major establishes his reputation as a preacher at sandusky upon my word my dear it is a question that i think you must answer yourself for thanks to your miss Wigley, it seems evident that you know more about that part of the country than i do replied the major well then she replied with decision i vote for our pushing on to Pittsburgh at once because i know that is one of the places at which we may conveniently decide whether we will go to new orleans or not it would be certainly by far the most convenient for miss wiggily told me it was all by water and monstrous cheap and the other way we should have to cross over some tiresome high mountains which would cost double as much good that then will be the place and the time for deciding our port of embarkation yes Pittsburgh shall be your quarters till i rejoin you said the major which will be i should hope in about ten days or a fortnight this ended the discussion and till the steamboat was announced the party amused themselves by imagining the vexation of mr gabriel monkton on arriving at sandusky and finding the bird he was in pursuit of flown had any doubts rested on the minds of major and mrs allen barnaby as to the advantages likely to arise from the reassumption of the respectable attire which had been first adopted at brighton the very first specimen of their reception on board the boat would have removed them though the day had been bright and warm the evening air on the lake was already cold and chilling and my heroine and her daughter almost immediately descended to the ladies' cabin in search of warmth and shelter even before they moved from the gallery however the warmth-loving tornorino had escaped to the smoky sanctuary of the gentlemen's saloon so that when the ladies moved major allen barnaby or rather mr o'donagough would have been left alone had he not moved with them he therefore did so watching with his usual attention the steps of his charming Patty, whose peculiar style of galloping movement on all occasions made the operation of descending cabin stairs somewhat dangerous ere she reached the door at the bottom however which as it was open displayed a considerable number of females within she suddenly stopped exclaiming oh goodness papa get upstairs again as fast as you possibly can do you know we were told at the springs that it was not at all safe for a gentleman to go into the ladies cabin after it was the least bit dark for that if they did they were very often soused over head and ears with water and sometimes made wet to their skin before they could get away this advice being given without any mitigation of the speaker's usually well-sustained voice it reached the ears of two ladies who at that moment occupied the doorway and the light of the ample lamp above it darting its rays at the same moment full upon the comely shaven face cropped grey hair and sable suit of the major they were both instantly seized with a fit of compunction at the idea that so reverend looking a gentleman should suppose it possible that among american females he should run any risk of being subjected to the discipline sometimes resorted to in order to keep persons of a far different stamp in order full of praiseworthy feeling the eldest of the two ladies exclaimed oh my pray miss don't say that to the gentleman as if what you describe was intended for such as him it would be twenty times more likely sir she added making the respectable-looking gentleman a low curtsy ay sir fifty times more likely i expect that every female present should quit and be off to the deck to make place to a gentleman of your appearance then do by you what the young lady mentions but i calculate she is a stranger in these parts nothing could be better time than this amiable and conciliating address for it not only gave cheering evidence of the perfect success of mrs allen barnaby's happily imagined project but most fortunately reminded the principal actor in it of his cue which to say truth he had utterly forgotten and had not the warning voice reached him at that identical moment he would have replied to his daughter's speech in a manner which might have very nearly neutralised the effect of his appearance as it was however all went well the major was far from being a slow man and too much depended upon his own adroitness on the present occasion for him not to rally his powers in an instant so as to perform the part his admirable wife had allotted him in a manner to do him as well as herself infinite honour great indeed would have been the shock to her nerves if he had not done so for she was on the stair behind him and her noble bosom heaved with anxiety as she awaited his reply to the words above recorded but she had no cause to fear his words were appropriate but his manner was better still may you meet the reward you deserve dear lady for feelings which do you so much honour he said i will not abuse this most exemplary feeling but if it be shared as i trust it is by the amiable-looking group i see behind you i will enter amongst you with pleasure for a short interval hoping that my presence may do more good than harm the meekness of this reply was exceedingly touching from the modesty the humility and gentleness of its tone and it instantly received the reward it deserved for no less than six females more all of them young and for the most part well-looking pressed forward to second the invitation of the first speaker the only one indeed who was neither the one nor the other was the only one also who did not appear to share the general enthusiasm she kept herself very decidedly apart from the group that now pressed round the reverend mr very much after the manner of bees round honey nor did she open her lips at all till the stewardess came in to complete her arrangements for the night and to her she certainly took the liberty of addressing a few observations but not in a tone sufficiently loud to prevent the eager conversation still going on among the rest of the party from continuing as uninterruptedly as if she had not spoken at all i guess said one pretty young lady about seventeen years of age that so kind and pious a gentleman as you seem to be sir won't take it amiss if one of the sisters of the needle steeple congregation of sandusky takes the liberty of asking your name instead of a liberty my dearest young lady i can only look upon it as a beautiful proof of a lovely christian spirit seeking fellowship and brotherhood with the godly replied the rev mr o'donagough indeed sir responded the fair sister i calculated that you would just say that or else i am sure i wouldn't have spoken for the world thanks to my pastors and masters i know my duty better than to put in my oar out of place and what is your name then sir our major was at this moment in imminent danger of exchanging a glance with his wife so greatly amused was he at perceiving that notwithstanding the decided evangelical tendency of his fair fellow-passenger the national catechism still evidently superseded all others in her thoughts but luckily he remembered what he was about and in such good time too that the profane smile was perfectly well converted into everything he wished to make it and he replied in the very best manner possible my name my dear young lady is o'donagough i am called the reverend mr o'donagough oh my exclaimed the charming young creature in return I didn't for a single moment doubt your being the Reverend. That would have been a sin indeed that I should have had to confess at the next meeting of the sisters. In course, sir, you have heard tell of the Needle Steeple congregation of Sandusky. I believe our congregation is pretty well known by this time in most parts of the world. It would be an ignorance of which I might justly be ashamed, my dear young lady, had I not heard of it. But I rejoice to say that it is long since I first became acquainted with the admirable society to which you allude not personally indeed that is a happiness to which i am still looking forward with all the eagerness of hope but it is long since the needle-steeple congregation of sandusky has been known to me by the voice of fame my isn't it a pleasure and a reward mrs Tompkins, to hear ourselves spoken of in this way by such a pious gentleman from over the sea too as plain enough he is by his way said the young lady clasping her hands thankfully i am sure miss vanderpuff i feel it to be so from the very top of my head to the soles of my feet and i am thankful for the privilege of conversing with the like it may not be that impossible sir continued mrs tompkins addressing the major with a most engaging look of affectionate humility indeed i can't say that i see it should be at all improbable but what you crossed the water just on purpose to have a look at us our revivals are talked of far and near that we all know for a certainty and our camp meetings have been taken as a pattern and example for miles and miles. "'My dear ladies,' replied the reverend Mr. O'Donagough, pressing both his hands firmly upon his heart, and raising his eyes with great fervour to the ceiling of the cabin, "'My dear ladies, it is difficult for me to express my feelings at this moment. This lucky chance, this happy, thrice happy accident, inspires me with a degree of joy and thankfulness that I have no language adequately to express.' your conjecture is perfectly correct my excellent mrs Tompkins. i did indeed leave my native land for the express purpose of becoming personally acquainted with the needle steeple congregation of sandusky in the delightful hope that by the most indefatigable attention on my part to its principles and all the precious regulations respecting it i might be enabled to carry home with me to my own dear but comparatively benighted country such hints of holiness and morsels of mercy as might enable me to purify and enlighten my own beloved congregation so as to make them become to great britain what the needle steeple congregation of sandusky has become to the united states of america think then dear ladies he continued think what must be my feelings at finding myself thus in the very midst of those for whose sake i have toiled and tossed across the wide atlantic it is indeed a most providential blessing sir said a third lady coming forward and placing herself with her hands crossed behind her immediately opposite to him i am mrs general pedmington of mount lebanon and these two sisters of the congregation will be able i expect to give you very satisfactory reasons for thinking that if you indeed seek to make yourself acquainted with the needle steeple and its dependencies you were pretty tolerably in the right path when you happened to fall in with me oh my i expect that you are indeed exclaimed miss vanderpuff isn't he mrs tompkins indeed sir and that's what you are returned the lady thus appealed to mrs general pedmington is the very tip-top of the congregation in all respects and has sat in the front row of the anxious benches for these two years past and it is she sir who gives up at mount lebanon and a right down beautiful place it is too the very largest and holiest of parties throughout the revivals it is a privilege just to be present at one of them i am sure no person of good judgment would ever wish to make one in a worldly-minded party afterwards a privilege indeed returned the major with a deep-drawn sigh i know of none in any country that i should value so highly then in course sir you ought to be one of us and such i hope you will be mr o'donagough that sir i think is your name mr o'donagough bowed and looked deeply grateful well then sir when we reach our place of destination i hope we shall become better acquainted my residence as these ladies have told you is mount lebanon and when you have fixed yourself at your boarding-house or hotel as the case may be you shall be pleased to send me up your address and i will take care that one or two of our ministers shall wait upon you and then we will fix an evening for meeting the sisters and a few clerical individuals at my house this open and decided patronage on the part of mrs general pedmington induced the other professing ladies of the company to take courage and come forward from behind the bed curtains where they had concealed themselves on the entrance of the reverend gentleman and one or two among them even ventured to put into his hand some little tracks without which as we all know such ladies never travel so that in the course of a few minutes the major found himself the centre of a circle which effectually hemmed him in and rendered his withdrawing himself from the forbidden precincts where this scene took place a matter of very great difficulty while all this interesting conversation was going on in one part of the little cabin mrs allen barnaby and her fair daughter took refuge in another and that at the farthest possible extremity from the scene of action my heroine's motive for thus withdrawing herself was one which at every period of her life and under all variety of circumstances had ever maintained too strong and active a hold upon her mind to be ever entirely laid aside or forgotten personal comfort and the best accommodation for the coming night which the actual state of things permitted occupied her completely during the interval which the major was employing with so much energy in propitiating the favour of his new friends but the circumstances in which madame tornorino found herself were totally different from those of either of her parents at this time she had but one sole object in view which was to conceal the irresistible fit of laughter which seized upon her on hearing her father make the various speeches recorded above under any other circumstances whatever the unscrupulous Patty would have laughed out without caring a single farthing whether pa and ma were angry or pleased but the notion which she had got into her head that her father was in very considerable danger of being hanged and certainly would be if discovered to be major allen barnaby instead of the rev mr o'donagough really terrified her greatly and she never in her life had exerted herself so strenuously to overcome any feeling as she did now to check her ill-timed mirth but it was all in vain totally unused to restraint of any kind she was quite unable to control her rebellious muscles and after a long and violent struggle finally broke out into one of the most vociferous paroxysms of laughter that was ever heard just as her father urged by his success up to the very enthusiasm of perfect acting stretched out his hands right and left to receive the offered tracts with a smile which many besides Patty might have found it difficult to withstand the effect of this sudden explosion was startling and might have been fatal but for the admirable presence of mind of the major no instant was lost by him in doubting what the sound might be or what the cause of it nor did it take him longer to decide how this alarming contretemps should be met the effect of this tremendous burst of merriment was not more startling to himself than to those who stood around each meekly meditating how best to display before the eyes of so holy a gentleman their own particular and individual holiness as the unexpected sound burst upon their ears they one and all stood with staring eyes raised hands and open mouths as if they had each been touched by an enchanter's hand and were rapidly passing from flesh and blood to stone oh my what's that cried miss vanderpuff actually trembling from head to foot oh dear oh dear groaned miss Tompkins. it is right down awful to hear it for as sure as the sun is in heaven it is neither more nor less than somebody just laughing at us and if it is mrs tompkins observed the stately mrs general pedmington with a withering frown what is that to us are we still so unworthy of our election as to tremble before the idiot roar of his coffer but ma'am tis the very lady he brought down screamed another sister whose eye following the direction of the sound caught sight of the unlucky patty's showy dress peeping from behind the curtain of one of the little beds in which she had endeavoured to hide herself possible cried another looking at the major with an altered eye and appearing to shudder as if seized with an ague fit possible screamed a third possible echoed a fourth alas poor major how stood he the while in reply to this but too intelligible demand as to the possibility of his being in any way connected with this irreverent laughter he looked around him with an eye expressive of such profound melancholy that ere he had spoken a single word in his own defence his cause was already half gained but he did not do his tongue such injustice as to trust only to his eye although that expressive organ was again called upon to aid him ere he spoke for drawing a white handkerchief from his pocket he pressed it to the upper part of his face and by a slightly convulsive movement about the shoulders might be supposed for several minutes to be weeping bitterly no men in the world weep so much as the itinerant preachers of america and this yielding to the weakness in their military disciple was a fine trait of acute observation having recovered himself however from this first paroxysm of emotion he said pity me my friends pity the misery of an unhappy father whose only child has made herself the wife of a catholic and then poisoned the dreadful shaft thus hurled at the very tenderest point of his heart by giving way to ribald merriment such as you have just listened to whenever she hears the voice of evangelical holiness from any Oh, what are the tortures of that inquisition which her new faith teaches her to venerate compared to what she now inflicts upon me It is perfectly impossible to conceive a more touching scene than that which followed this confidential avowal the five sisters of the needle steeple congregation with the distinguished mrs general pedmington at their head vied with each other in demonstrating the tender commiseration to which this disclosure had given birth sighs groans broken sentences and copious tears all bore witness to their amiable feelings and your lady sir said mrs general pedmington making a gulping effort to overcome her emotion and speak distinctly your lady how does she conduct herself in this trying case alas madam alas i have no comfort there was the melancholy reply she is within hearing ma'am though she has crept into yonder bed and affects to be sleeping but however much i may suffer for it afterwards i will not shrink from avowing to such ears as yours the terrible fate that has fallen upon me alas i am a lonely and most desolate man having a wife yet no wife having a daughter and yet being worse than childless dear excellent ladies i have now opened my whole heart to you and the comfort of it is great for i know you will pity me peculiarly affectionate and endearing as are the manners and feelings of such ladies as the sisters of the needle steeple congregation to all persons belonging to their sect it is a fact exceedingly obvious to an accurate observer that no instances of worldly misfortune elicit so much ardent compassion and sympathy among them as matrimonial differences of opinion this peculiar species of charity was particularly evident on the present occasion though each of the pitying ladies as she threw a heartbroken sort of glance on the unfortunate gentleman felt determined to check all verbal expression of her feelings for the present in consequence of the close proximity of his uncongenial wife this feeling indeed was so general among them that the only words uttered audibly were from the lips of mrs general pedmington and merely consisted of this cautious phrase at a future opportunity sir i trust we may meet again at this moment the stewardess entered and the solitary lady passenger who as related above had not joined in making the major free of the cabin addressed her with some asperity saying if you knew your business mistress i expect i should not be kept out of my berth when i want to get into it by having the lady's cabin turned into a chapel if you won't turn that male passenger out i must go and find the captain that's all it will readily be believed that the intrusion of major allen barnaby into the ladies' cabin did not continue long after this hint he just paused to give one circular glance of grateful acknowledgment to the fair friends he left there and then sprang up the narrow stairs with the activity of fifteen when the passengers were disembarking on the following morning the major took care to be on the gangway for the purpose of offering his hand to the ladies of the needle steeple congregation as they stepped across the plank a civility which was graciously received by them all and in the case of mrs general pedmington rewarded by a whispered renewal of the invitation to mount lebanon chapter forty two